Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Justified Podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, how's it going, man? Josh, it's going great. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, you should be excited. Everybody should be excited. Uh, today, we are not talking about a specific episode. If this is your first time listening to the Justified Podcast, as it very well might be, uh, Antonio and I, every week, we are recapping episodes of the final season of Justified. We've also done recaps of the first five seasons of Justified, uh, a, a podcast for each of those seasons, if you want to go back and listen to that stuff. Um, today, we're doing something we have not done before, something that's really, really awesome. We got the chance today to sit down i guess we hung up what like maybe 10 minutes ago at this point yep uh with uh with with the man with the chooch with uh with actor duke davis roberts the guy who has played choo choo on season six of justified who's uh sadly his watch has ended at this point uh but duke who has been listening to what we've been doing here on the justified podcast also very active in uh the justified reddit the subreddit uh and really just a good guy online uh if, if you're looking to interact with somebody from justified he He's been a friend of the show. We started talking uh, this past week after his death episode, uh, and we invited him onto the podcast, and he made some time for us. And so what you guys get out of that is I almost two hours of conversation with Duke Davis Roberts uh, about a whole mess of stuff. It was, it was a really fun time. Yeah, this is like inside the actor's Duke studio or somehow. <laughs> I don't know. This is it's great. Inside the actor's Duke Dio. <laughs> oh boy i don't know i'm sorry everyone uh but yeah it was a really really good time and we got a lot of insight into how choo-choo was kind of created and what the character looked like before duke really stepped in and started putting his stamp on it uh how timothy oliphant kind of shaped a lot of the direction of the character as well and how a lot of a lot of what we came to know and love about choo-choo sort of came about on the day, basically, on, on the first day of filming for Duke. Uh, so lots of great stories about that. Uh, we'll, you'll get to hear, it'll, it's, you'll have to wait till the end, but you'll hear a little bit of choo-choo voice on here as well. He does not sound like he does on the show. He's a lot smarter than he appears to be on the show. Uh, had a lot of interesting thoughts about the state of television, how we consume stories. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who has some interest in storytelling himself beyond just acting. Uh, so really smart guy, really funny guy. Uh, it's just a good conversation. I had a real Really great time talking to Duke. I did. I did too. And I think that uh, you guys are in for a good treat. And it's uh, yeah, it really is an interesting conversation about about stories and why we watch what we watch and how we consume it. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. You'll enjoy it as much as we we did. Yeah. So I think if you're a justified fan, you're absolutely going to love this one. And if you're just a fan of, uh, of of TV and movies and just all sorts of pop culture nonsense, I think you're going to like this a lot as well. Uh, we, we get into some conversation about Breaking Bad. Nothing too spoilery. Uh, we get into some conversation about Game of Thrones towards the end. Again, nothing too spoilery, uh, but just lot, lots of really fun stuff coming up in this podcast. I think you all uh, you're all going to really enjoy. So without further ado, let's uh, let's take it to Duke. All right, guys, and here he is. This is a man who needs no further introduction. Here he is. The man, the myth. The legend, the choo-choo, Duke Davis Roberts. Duke, what's up? <laughs> He's not that great, but thank you. He's pretty good. He, yeah, okay, I'll take it. I'm, I'm not going to get rid of that intro. That was a pretty good intro. He, he is certainly mythical and legendary in the Justified podcast uh, here on Post Show Recap. So. I've noticed that, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Duke, thanks so much for hopping on here, man. No problem. I was here. I don't have a lot of time. I'm not fancy and famous, so I really have no excuse not to do these sort of things. Not yet. Not yet. Not fancy <laughs> not yet. and famous yet. 
Hopefully never. Hopefully I'm never too fancy and famous to do this podcast. Uh, well, if you do get fancy and famous, just bring Antonio and I with you because we would okay. actually love to be fancy and famous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. it, would be, it seems like a like the high lifestyle is, is the way to go. The, the problem, yeah, the problem, Duke, is that in a, in the entourage style casting, you've got two turtles on your hands here. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, have to the, find a better entourage to is, round out the group. There. That is the problem. I mean, we don't really I, I mean, you're a lawyer, Antonio. So you, at least you bring skills to the table. I don't know uh-huh. what I could do. I could blog about it. <laughs> I actually, though, don't do fancy and famous things. I don't think I ever will. I play Magic the Gathering. Nice. You guys, that is. Yeah, of yeah. course. And Dungeons and Dragons. I made a web series about that. Really? So is that, it's is all that something people, people can seek that out? What should they look yeah. at? Yeah. Yeah. It's called Dungeons and Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I roll. Um, and you'll be startled to notice that it, I'm not big and, and slow. And uh, it's a completely different thing. But what, it's great. <laughs> what do you what do you play in Dungeons and Dragons? What what's and, your what's your character type? I I know this is weird, but I'm so sick of being big myself that I tend to avoid barbarians and like physically strong classes. So I'll play a rogue sometimes or a ranger or a druid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't think that's that weird. I feel like that's a big, big part of why D and D is so appealing is you get to be something that you're not necessarily in your real life. It's just we're not used to you know, our crowd's not necessarily always used to having guys like you roll in and say, "I'd like to be a rogue, please." Rogue <laughs> exactly. me up. But you, people don't realize that being big is also a bad thing. Like I almost get stereotyped every day. I get discriminated against, and it seems like it'd be fun, but it's not fun. Like almost. in your personal life. Yeah, well, not obviously it's just because years of buildup of little tiny things, but like people going, hey there, big guy. Big guy is the worst nickname in the entire world. I hate it. Yeah. I hate, so I, I hate sizists. Sizists are the worst. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they're really bad in terms of ists. Yeah. For, <laughs> for varying reasons between the three of us, I think we can all say F you sizists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's so passive. Yeah, I'm waving that, my chubby middle finger at you, sizists. <laughs> they think that it's okay to bring it up. Like, only tall guys do, can people walk up and be like, how tall are you? You're really tall. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I'm, aw- I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. I, I play tall characters on TV for this reason exactly. Right. Does that bother you then on, on a professional level? Because I got to imagine, like, the characters that you're sought after to play a lot of the time, uh, are they these kind of, like, big, brutish characters? Yeah, um, it gets not tedious. That's the wrong word, because choo-choo never would have happened for me if I wasn't 6'5", you know, 240. Um, so, like, right now I'm riding the train <laughs> of, <Hey-o. laughs> of being big and accepting those roles because I got to start somewhere. But I, I do have a plan, and I've said this in some interviews, I do have a plan secretly at the well, I guess not secretly, at the end of all this to pull a Chris Pratt and get so underweight for me that I can play normal people for once. Yeah, you know? I saw you say that in your uh, your Vulture interview. Yeah, I, I, I definitely model a lot of things after him. Maybe not acting or, or role choices, but he went from this kind of big, lovable guy. You never thought he would break out of that. And now he's Star-Lord. Right. You know? J- just because of a tweet where he showed off his abs. Yeah, so. and potentially even Indiana Jones uh, yes, is, is the which rumor. is great. I, I'm actually totally okay with that choice. Yeah, it's about time that we James Bonded Indiana Jones. Exactly. And, and not Shia LaBeouf. 
Oh my God. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. That would, that's, that's what I believe they call the darkest timeline. Exactly. (laughs) But Chris Pratt, I, I, I see him pulling that off though. I do hope when they do Blade Runner, he stays away from Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, well, that, I don't know if it was announced or if it was reported. Uh, today we're recording this on Friday. What is it? March, uh, February 26th today? I 27th. 27th today. Uh, and uh, I believe Harrison Ford is officially back for Blade Runner. So they're doing Old Man Blade Runner. Oh, man. But that ruins so many theories. I know. He's not a replicant, unless he's an old replicant. But he's so obviously a replicant. I know. Well, they shouldn't be making this movie to begin with. No, 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 no. no. Uh, well, before l- listen, we we were talking to, to Duke before the show, and we said we're going to veer wildly off topic, and we haven't even really <laughs> talked about justified <laughs> That's okay. So it's you, not uh, off topic if you don't get on topic to begin. Yeah, I guess that's true. Exactly. I guess that's true. Well, let's let's try to get on topic for the first time here. Uh, Duke, uh, how yeah. did how did Justified get on your radar? Did you know about the show before you you tried out for it, or was it something where you found out about the show as you were getting the role? Yeah, my my dad watched it and he loved it because my dad is a man of simple tastes and I think Justified is about as complex as he can get because um, he loves when Raylan shoots people. I don't think he thinks about the consequences, but he loves that Raylan shoots bad guys. So he watched it and so I got into it and then I, I watched like the first season and then, you know, high school, which because remember I'm 22. Um, a young man, a young lad. Yeah. And uh, so I watched a little bit and then I missed some seasons. Actually, thank God, because now I got to go back and appreciate like Mags Bennett and the Bennett clan and all that stuff. But um, so it was definitely on my radar. I knew what kind of show it was and the caliber it was. And then I booked the role and uh, I kind of went back and I said to myself, don't watch it. Don't watch it until you're done with this role or you're going to get overwhelmed, you know? Yeah, you wanted to kind of come into it with your own, you know, an ability to uh, form your own impressions of the show. Sort of. And and I guess like, because it hit me later when I was binge watching it uh, after the fact, like that was me and Raylan. Like I got to meet Raylan Givens and not a lot of people get the opportunity to meet Raylan Givens. They can meet Tim Oliphant, you know, if you run into him at Burger King. But I got to meet Tim Gutterson and Raylan Givens, you know, and, and Ava Crowder and Boyd Crowder for half a second. Does Tim Oliphant hang out at Burger King? I don't know. I, I don't know. Based on your, your interactions with him, does he seem like a BK guy or a Mickey uh, D's? He's so slim. He's so he's, fit. He's a Whole Foods kind of guy, Josh. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want to, but we don't want to be sizest. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. You're right. He's yeah, thin, right. he's tall, but you know, maybe he's got fast metabolism. Maybe he just pounds burgers. He BK broilers <laughs> all day long. He, he, he seems like a subway guy. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I ever meet him, I'm just going to say, how much don't you weigh? Do you think he was, do you think he was, uh, he was Jared size one day and he just like, you know, he did the Jared diet. He did the subway diet. It's always been Tim Oliphant. I think he's yeah. always a guy. Yeah. yeah. Past, past material leads us to believe that he was never, uh, <laughs> never a big boy. Never out of shape once. I don't think in his life. Probably not. Unless as a young lad, as a, as a child that, that we never got to see, but uh, so we, don't, we don't have that. Evidence. Sorry. The answer to that question is it was on my radar, but my hundred percent appreciation for it actually came after the fact because uh, I, I held off binge watching it and catching up for the season until I was done as Choo Choo. Okay. And when were you done as Choo Choo? When did you stop filming? When was that? Um, my birthday. I died on my birthday. Oh my so, God. yeah, how sad is that? Isn't that so November, late November? So, Alive Day was your death day and your birthday. 
Mm-hmm. All at once, and it was very dramatic and sad. Oh my gosh! For me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, lot, that's a lot going on. Yeah, Choo Choo became like this as he is on the internet. Um, on set, everyone was always like, "Hey, Choo Choo," you know, like, "Oh, it's Choo Choo." And it was cool, but then I realized you might not know my name. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, you probably don't. You're not even calling me by my other character name, Mundo. You're just calling me Choo Choo. At at first, everyone was really confused because all the call sheets said Mundo and the trailer said Mundo. And everyone called him Mondo, which drove me crazy. And it was like, oh, it's Mondo. And then Choo Choo spread and it was like a battle. And then Choo Choo came out on top. Well... I, I think that I that I read this in in one of the Graham Yost interviews that the name Choo Choo came from from Oliphant uh, yes. that he that he thought it was a cool idea like what if we call this guy Choo Choo and what if he ends up getting hit by a train and you didn't get hit by a train but I think that's what I read that that was what his train of thought was um, <laughs> is that is that is there is there any truth to that and if so was was that like a was that a choice that was made after you had gotten the role when you when you were going in for the role was he called Choo Choo yet no. Um I said this in another interview, so I guess I'm allowed to say it. His real, real name was supposed to be Heath Watkins. He was like, that was his real name. Heath Watkins. And Mundo was his nickname. Okay. Yeah, so the side said Mundo, but then somewhere in there it said Mundo, Heath Watkins, you know, 30, blah, blah, blah. And so I went in as that, and that moment I'll remember forever when Choo Choo was born because it was my first day. I hadn't really developed what Choo Choo was going to become. Like I knew the voice and I knew what he was going to be, but he was Mundo still in my head. And uh, my first day, they call me into the makeup trailer and I sit there and there's Tim Oliphant, like, nice to meet you. And I sit down with him. And so, you know, cause he's, he's never not that kind of charming Raylan esque figure, you know, that doesn't turn off. I don't think. So I'm just sitting there looking at him like, Oh my God, this is Tim Oliphant. And uh, he's like, I think I'm going to change your name. And let me look at the sides. And he looks at the scene and he goes, yeah, I think we're going to do all this. And he brings in the writer, Dave. And we literally rewrote that scene 100 percent on the spot, on on the spot in the makeup trailer. And, you know, it was my first day. So I had that scene memorized and I knew what I was going to do. And I was ready for it. And then he just completely (laughs) throws that out the window and changes everything. And he adds the choo-choo thing. He said, you know, I, there's a baseball player whose nickname was Choo-Choo, and they asked him why, and he said because he liked trains. And he thought that was so stupid, you know, <laughs> the fact that it wasn't because this guy hit home runs or was as powerful as a locomotive. It was because he liked trains, and they called him Choo-Choo. And yeah. it, it just went from there. And to apply that to, you know, a, a guy, you know, this character who is uh, very formidable in stature is obviously somebody who is uh, posing uh, a threat to, to what Raylan and Tim are after. For that to be the reason why he's called Choo Choo is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't know. Like I said, he's like the Joker. Does Choo Choo, is it because he hits you hard and fast or is it because he likes trains? You yeah, don't know. That's something you said to me. I, I you said this to me before we uh, were podcasting. Is that you? You think of Choo Choo sort of as the Joker. What do you mean by that? <laughs> okay, you know how the Joker tells the scars story, and there's two different versions mm-hmm. of the scars story. You don't know which one's real, and I don't think any of them are real. You know, because he's the Joker. And with Choo Choo, you don't know how dumb or smart he is. I don't think we ever really found out 
the, you know, how far his IQ could go and how much he was kind of putting on this, like, aloof, I get it, I'm disabled kind of a thing. Yeah, and I, I, I read in your Vulture interview that you talked about how Tim kind of told you that you want to be a weird mystery. And I think that it's uh, I think that that goes sort of hand in hand with that. It's like the sort of weird mystery. Like it's not exactly clear where the lines are drawn with Chucho. I love that. He, he's got the curiosity line, like I said earlier in the in the series, and he's yeah. observant. He's looking at things. So it's, it's not just a one dimensional kind of character. And I'm wondering when you came into audition, what were your thoughts in the character versus how they evolved uh, based? on kind of what the, what you were getting and the feedback you were getting from from other actors it's it's funny because choo choo and this is probably a terrible i'm probably i'm gonna pick a different word you'll probably figure out what word i mean but choo choo was a lot creepier toward ava because <laughs> I, I got to read that scene i was gonna use a different word he was a lot more aggressive sure. let's say and i think his intentions and his character were a lot more clear in, in, in a bad way when I auditioned, he was more kind of like a guy that I saw getting shot in one episode. Was that you know? the scene you were auditioning with the, the Ava scene? I did the car scene, which is a hundred percent different version yeah. of, of what it became. And then, yeah, some of the Ava scene and that scene was, uh, was a lot more dark. And I think it was a lot more like, uh Oh, Ava, you know, get out of there. This guy's creepy. And, but that went out the window as soon as, Kind of choo-choo came, and so I, I was ready to give them what they wanted and play this bad guy. But that voice and that kind of weirdness I've, I always had, I, I kind of just came up with that from a bunch of different things. You know, the sling blade is the kind of the obvious one, but I obviously wasn't sitting there trying to impersonate uh, sling blade, Billy Bob Thornton. It just kind of, a bunch of stuff came into my head, and I went with it, and it was it was fascinating how just me being me, I guess, kind of gave off a 100% different vibe. And that could mean that I'm a bad actor, that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't mean or aggressive enough. Well, we weren't going to say anything, but... <laughs> exactly. It just mean that I screwed up, but uh, probably for the better, you know. Yeah, I mean, became it. Yeah, because Graham Yost has, has said right away from the beginning of the series, like, well, when Duke came in, we were much more intrigued with what he was giving us than what we had initially kind of contemplated. And so I think personally, for me, that led to a much more justified as this, this show, right, where you've got a lot of one-off villains. And as you said, the kind of guys that get killed in one episode. But there are also complicated people, people yeah. who show up that, that are kind of in different shades. And I think without having binge watched on your end and realizing it, you, you you really fit right into the pantheon of great justified Elmore Leonard type characters. Were you, were you an Elmore Leonard fan before the show? No, I, uh, as I've been watching and, and kind of seeing his style more and more, <clears throat> um, I'm realizing I should read those books because I do read and, and I would love to, but he just, he never popped up. You know, I read Hunter S Thompson and, and Kurt Vonnegut, kind of the obvious ones before. And he, he never showed up on that list, but the more and more that I see, how many quotes come from him and, and how much the source material, you know, always gets quoted back to. I definitely need to read Elmore Leonard. 
Have you read? Uh, you haven't read um, the short story that Justified is based on yet. No, you I, should. I, it's a that's like a you can read that in an hour type of situation, and it's okay. it's the first episode of Justified. Yeah, uh, and it's it's really Antonio and I when we first started this podcast, that's the first thing that we talked about was that short story, and it's just like holy shit, like this is really it's almost one to one. There's a few differences here and there, but uh, you know, Justified that first episode is really built very strongly on the back of that first uh, Elmore Leonard story. Uh, and it's, it's pretty amazing, this whole world that is, that is you know, kind of grown out of that head. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to read it. And <clears throat> it's funny how you can unwittingly, just because of good writing, fall into that category, you know, fall into that Elmore Leonard world, because I, didn't, I wasn't sitting there going, you know, oh, I better make sure I live up to this, this, or this. You know, I kind of just went with what they were giving me and the writing is so good and, and so consistent, I guess is the important thing that it, it, it all matches up, you know, Choo Choo became what he became and, and everything made sense all calling back to that first episode. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're talking about how he was, he was creepy, uh, in his first scene with Ava. Is, is pervy another word we could possibly yeah, use? A possibly. Little, a little pervy, a little, uh. It was just very aggressive sexually in yeah, a way. There's, a, there's an R word. Anything. There's an hard R. There's a hard R. There's a hard R that could be dropped here, but we'll, I, we'll refrain. <laughs> that's the R we'll use is refrain. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot of Twitter followers, but I think if I use that word, I'd lose a few. You, you might. <laughs> gain a few but for the wrong oh, reason God. Um, oh, i love juju yeah. yeah but so so he when you know that's the when that was the character was he still in in that version of Chuchu? was he still kind of um you know like the the brain damaged character but it wasn't like the the sort of lovable brain damaged character he was really just straight villain he, he to me when i was reading him he seemed he was more with it actually from the dialogue that i was given he seemed more with it just kind of you know dumb outright dumb even despite the the injury because i don't think they were playing the injury up too much at first um but i think the injury was just an excuse for him to be dumb and so he yeah he was just kind of gross you know the way he did things and, and the way he talked and but luckily that we didn't shoot those scenes first we shot the car scene that was the first thing we shot and thanks to tim and the writers and everything that kind of morphed into that that first scene doesn't really go one way or the other. It's funny, but you don't get a sense whether Choo Choo's evil or or kind of good or likable. He's just kind of dumb in that scene, and it's funny, you know? Um, but then as we got into those scenes where there's a little more character fleshed out, luckily we had kind of picked up the vibe of him and we went with it. Like the Gutterson. That was the moment where I felt the most Choo Choo in, in, in creating him was when Gutterson and Seabass and I were all yes. at the bar. That that's when I found like, okay, he's not just outright dumb. There's no way somebody's this outright dumb when he's telling him about the car and getting picked up and you know, he should have killed this this marshal. I, I didn't want it to come across like, I'm an idiot, let me tell you all these dumb things that I was gonna do. It was more he just didn't know any better. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And that's something Antonio, you and I talked about a lot on this podcast, right? About how there's so many, you know, many 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 dumbasses that we've encountered in harlan county and over the course of justified and what we what we agreed made uh choo choo unique is that he didn't seem dumb he, he seemed slow and it was it was 
be, you know, due to circumstances beyond his control. And I think that you really do get that from that scene in the bar with Seabass, who's really just given Choo Choo so much shit. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that moment with Tim. So that really, that really plays. And I, I think that, you know, that's in his first appearance, uh, in that first episode that he's in, um, where, where you get that. And I think that that's a big part of why this character has popped. Uh, a big part of why this character has really resonated with a lot of Justified fans is he's unlike, you know, basically anybody else we've seen on the show. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, I guess you could say inbreeding for some of the crows, but there was never really an excuse for, for some of them other than that, you know, they were dumb and they were kind of down on their luck. Like Dewey, you, you felt bad for them and you saw their genius when it came out, but there was never really a reason, you know? And, and I think giving Choo Choo that excuse immediately separated him, whether I did something good or, or not good as an actor. I think they just, once they figured out what they wanted and ran with it, it immediately separated me from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think it brings the Tiger Hawk guys a kind of more dimensions as well, because yeah. and when we saw it in a live day, you've got the great kind of tough scenes for Garrett Dillahunt thinking about uh, having to part ways with your character and, and what was built up between you guys. And so I think it's good that they're just not kind of a haphazard crew that are keeping some guy around who's like really a dead weight in terms of that. It's actually a guy that they have a lot of loyalty to uh, and who they know what, what, what you were like or what the character was like kind of before that. I'm wondering how much did you get into that with uh, with your co-stars like Scott Grimes and Garrett Dillahunt, the kind of backstory that you guys had that, that wasn't me always talked about on the show? I it, It's funny, and this is going to get a little actory, but I will try not to get off topic. When, when I started off topic working, is what we do, so go as far <laughs> as you'd like. Yeah. This will answer the question, though. Um, before I started really working as an actor, and that sounds kind of pretentious to say still because – you know, it hasn't really clicked except for I'm on justified. And that's really what's catapulted it. Um, I think that counts. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot of process. I thought there was going to be a lot of, you know, let's stretch our genius and, and do these exercises, you know, not that I believed in those, but I thought coming up with the character and kind of doing the work was going to be a bit more prevalent. And then when I got to my first job, which was actually Battle Creek, that was my first TV job. I realized they want you to know your lines. They want you to be there, you know, and they want you to get the job done and they don't care whether you steal the scene or you don't. They just want you to get it done so we can move on. Cause we've got, you know, 10 days to make this episode. Um, so justified was a little bit different. We did get to talk about it a little, we did get to work out scenes, but you still have to kind of come prepared and Garrett is so good. And Scott Grimes is so good that, they were, they were there, you know, if the scene called for, for Garrett to get kind of emotional about Choo Choo, he can, he can turn that on, you know, like a switch. Cause he's, he's great. So I think it was kind of the camaraderie that we had when we would hang out on set was fun for me as like a fan of these, these guys. But, um, we never really talked about those moments. We just kind of hung out and whether that helped or didn't help because, uh, I wasn't there when Garrett had to do the scene with Sam Elliott and Scott where they're, you know, talking about what are we going to do with Choo Choo? And he got kind of worked up. I didn't know that that was really a moment for Garrett. And that's just a sign of how good of an actor he is, is that he played that where you were like, man, I saw that, that deep seated faith that he had in Choo Choo, you know, that brotherhood just from that scene. And it's not that we didn't do the work, you know, or we weren't hanging out all the time, but it kind of, 
there, there was no let's be buddies and build a trust exercise kind of moment. It just kind of came from playing these characters. You know, does that make sense? <laughs> it's a little actory. No, absolutely. That makes that makes all the sense in the world. Um, so so that's interesting. You know, you guys you guys didn't really break down backstory together necessarily so much then, right? The the script with a show like Justified, those writers pretty much do everything for you. Yeah, I saw who I think it was Brad Pitt talking about uh, not Django and Glorious Bastards. And how he said he doesn't have to do anything because, like, Quentin Tarantino's dialogue is so good, you just kind of have to say the lines. And I think Justified would fall into that category, you know, that everything's so well-written and and so clever and and everything, the way it works out, you don't have to do that much. You just have to play it believably. So how about that for for you, though? Because, you know, Choo Choo's a guy who his his dialogue is is incredibly interesting. Uh, you know, this, uh, another thing that Antonio and I would remark on a lot when it came to Choo Choo's, like the things that come out of his mouth are fairly impressive. Uh, you know, <laughs> words like a curiosity, things like that. There's some depth to this guy. Um, but, you know, we never really hear from him too much about what happened to him, what his what his life was like before. So were those conversations you had with the writer or did you do on your own? any extrapolating any ideas of what Choo Choo was like before we meet him on Justified they they gave me something which was great which was the head wound you know if they hadn't given me the scar which was in the script I don't think I could have ran with it the direction that I would have you know if if I didn't have that head wound from the beginning I think I probably could have gone a few different ways you know thinking about why this guy is this way and um they gave me the head wound, which kind of gave me something to build off of. So definitely in my head, I played with the backstory of, I, I knew what Choo Choo was like before the head wound in my head, you know, and then, and then boom, it happened. And, uh, the director, I think it was Dean. It was one of them. I think it was Dean. Uh, he said he had a friend who took a bunch of acid and just became this kind of slow to respond sort of person. Permanently. So I, yeah, permanently. <laughs> like, like, cause he had done it for years, you know, throughout college. Yeah. And he said the guy wasn't dumb cause he, you know, he, he was a professor, but he just took so long to respond to what you were saying. So I kind of took that and I took people that I know where they'll bring up 10 minutes later, the answer to your question, you know, yeah. like you'll, you'll say something and then everyone else will kind of move on in the conversation and that guy will chime in you know, 10 minutes later about whatever it was you were talking about. And so I kind of played with those things, but yeah, there, there was not really workshops or, or meetings because I'm at the end of the day, I'm a guest star, you know, and I'm lucky that I was a guest star that was memorable. But when you're a guest star that nobody really has time. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like they're too busy for me, but they're, they're so focused on wrapping up Ava, you know, Boyd and Raylan that I think it's easier if a guest star can come in and have a kind of distinct character and you can point them one direction or the other and you don't have to sit there and kind of work with them. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So Choo Choo, I don't want to take the credit for it because it is the writing, but like it came from my head, this type of person and then what he says and what he does and kind of everything that happens to him was the writers and it worked out, you know? Being being a fan and being on this end of the medium, I can see now how much more impressive some like favorite TV characters are or film characters are, you know, like 
coming at it now on the other end of it, looking at someone like Heath Ledger, I know I keep bringing up the Joker, but like that guy had to pretty much, I'll guarantee you do that on his own. I think he took the, the motivation to stay in that hotel room and do the character creating. And that's kind of what actors do. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that illusion of workshops and doing it and going the extra mile, none of that really happens, you know? (laughs) Well, and I'm wondering now, since Justified seems to be this great sort of environment where it's really kind of, I'm, I'm wondering if, it, do you feel like it might have spoiled you a little bit? Like, do you feel oh. like this is, uh, I mean, are you are you worried about, I mean, I don't want to impugn any kind of gigs you've got lined up or things that you've done since, and please don't. But yeah, um, but yeah did this does this kind of, you feel a little spoiled that this was one of your, fir- your first really big gigs? I, I thought that, and but I didn't really learn that until, I, I'm working on the night shift right now. And I love the night shift, and I also love the showrunner who I, I lived with, and I know him. And uh, so that's why I'm on this show. <laughs> it's because I, I know the showrunner, and I got a guest star, and that happened because of Justified. And on the set of Justified, I thought, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. Like, this is great. This is how I kind of want it to be. And then I got here, and we've got a good director, and we've got a great crew. It's the Better, Saul, Better Call Saul crew, so you know they're good. They're the Breaking Bad crew. And, you know, all the actors are great, but the vibe is just different because it's a medical show. You know, it's an NBC medical show and and it it is what it is. And it's very good at being what it is. But uh, at the end of the day, the scene is about, you know, the surgery that's happening or the big crazy event that happened that hurt somebody. It's not about the Elmore Leonard kind of quippy back and forth dialogue. And then someone, you know, something crazy happens at the end. So I, I do think I was spoiled, and this is my first job back from Justified, and I'm walking around going, wow, I miss Justified. And not because of quality or because of the people around me, just because I didn't realize what kind of experience I was having until I was done. And that's, that's 100% Justified, you know, Justified's fault. Because it's just in the environment they set up and the people that they have and the way that it plays out. And... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You will keep going. Uh, I was just going to say, and also, it's also very much a TV show. You know, you have the days where you don't make the days and everyone's stressed out or we say we're going to do another take and the crew kind of goes like, oh, you know, and that's normal. So it very much is a TV show and it has aspects of it that are the same in every TV show that I've done. But there, when you're doing those scenes and when you're having the crew laugh at scenes, you know, with the crew get invested in these scenes, you know, you're doing something special. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I think, um, you know, you, you, you bring up Better Call Saul, you bring up Breaking Bad. And for, for my money, I mean, we cover a bunch of shows here on, on post-show recaps, but this is something Antonio and I have said is that uh, Justified is really high up on the list of those shows that we love. We're both Breaking Bad fans. Antonio podcasts about Better Call Saul here. I do Walking Dead. I do Game of Thrones. Um, and nice. there's just something about Justified that I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's not as zeitgeisty as those shows, but in terms of, in terms of quality, if like you're a fan of those shows and you're not watching Justified, I feel like you're doing it wrong. I, I, and this is in no way detracting from Breaking Bad, but in, in my mind, the thing that happened with Breaking Bad was their first season was great if you're in the industry or if you care about writing and all that. But as a person, it didn't pop. Then they got put on Netflix and because every college student in the world has their friend's Netflix account, 
they binged it. Yeah. You know, and then it popped and then it ran with it because Netflix has become the blockbuster. People say, I'm going to go home and watch Netflix, even if they're not even using Netflix. And I think the thing that killed Justified from having that culty status and, and kind of transcending that and being popular in the average person's mind is that they're not on Netflix. That, that's always been my reason. It's not because of the show or the content, because I think it's all just the same caliber as a lot of those other shows. Yeah. It just isn't on Netflix. So it's not as accessible to the people from my era, you know, the kids who are in college, coming out of college, who don't want to turn on TV or set their DVR. They just want to flip open their laptop and watch something. Yeah. I mean, it's on, it's on instant, but even even then, it's like when, when you think of streaming, even now, it's streaming and Netflix are kind of synonymous. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you completely, Duke. I think that it's it's tough because everyone's first question is, is it on Netflix? And yep. you, you find that people who cut the cord or who don't actually have cable, they're, you know, they're like you said, I'm going to go watch Netflix. And people do that sometimes, even if they don't have something in mind, particularly that they're going to watch, they go through and they start scrolling around. And of course, Netflix has algorithms, so it knows what you've been watching and it can recommend other shows based on things that you liked and justified would inevitably get watched. And I've heard a lot of people tell me I've watched everything on Netflix. So it's like mm-hmm. they really have watched a lot of shows. My brother's like that. And he's, you know, he's 23, 24 years old and he's burned through all of Netflix and he wouldn't, he hasn't watched justified. And that's, you're 100% right. It's Amazon prime is great. And there, there's a lot of uh, streaming options there and there's other great services too, but they're not ubiquitous like Netflix, at least not yet. Of course yeah. they want to be, but they're not there yet. So and they don't realize that. And I, I don't want to, shoot myself in the foot and have some guy from Amazon Prime call me and be like, no, we won't put you in our original series. No one from Amazon <laughs> Prime is ever going to listen to this. <laughs> okay. Five, well, five then, people are listening to this right now. Jeffrey, T- Jeffrey Tambor is listening. That's uh, not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. Do you really? He, we trained his son in martial arts. I, I was a martial arts trainer, and his kid came in, and he was a good kid. Buster Bluth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. No joke. How, oh, how were you able to train him when there's the no touching rule? <laughs> <laughs> hey, luckily, he's very good friends with my coach. So I think some rules were allowed to be broken. Um, but Amazon Prime, I use it. It's on my PlayStation 4, which is probably the next step in getting all these things to be more popular. Is that once you make your streaming service an easy to use app, you know, you're going to make it a little easier and more accessible. But um, I think you won't ever replace Netflix as the name. It was just the thing that became the new Blockbuster or the Starbucks. You know, you want to go get Starbucks? In in well, English, that actually means do you want to go get coffee. Right. But in slang, it's you want to go get Starbucks or Jamba Juice or Netflix. And it, it sucks that that's what happened for some of these other streaming sites. But they weren't the first ones. They were following in the footsteps of Netflix. Yeah. And... I, I wished I tried to bring it up on set a few times. I always kept saying, you know, as soon as Justified's on Netflix, like I guarantee you it would have a resurgence. Um, but it's a business, you know, Sony has to stick with their websites and I get it, but it kind of is sad because I don't think this season is getting the exposure from the average person that it should industry. Love it. And critics love it. They watch it. They go out of their way. And uh, a friend of mine brought up, you're lucky that you're on a show that people podcast and blog about, you know, not a lot of shows get blogged or even mentioned on kind of the hip outlets like Twitter and whatnot. 
but Justified does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you're a big Reddit user, and the sub yeah. for for Justified is great, and and that's all well and good. Uh, and I think it could be even bigger if uh, if it had a, a little bit more cross promotional appeal. You're right. So absolutely, I think it's difficult, but but I, I still, I mean, I really like the the way you you kind of popped on my radar from being on the show, of course. But I was in the the episode discussion threads on Justified on R slash Justified, and I was like, holy cow, like he's here. This is great, and I know that that meant a lot to to all the fans. Uh, of the show is that is that something you kind of see yourself wanting to do regardless of, of what your next kind of moves are is is be that sort of interactive kind of uh fan service yeah, i know a lot of people stay away from that but i think it meant a lot to the people that were there for sure that's that's actually a good question and something that i've been thinking about a lot because i admittedly have used reddit for four years you know and that in turn makes me a redditor i don't wear a shirt because I, I i've never been like a team sport guy like oh this is my shirt like this is the thing that i'm gonna wear to identify myself as because there's so many things that i like but i've been using reddit forever and uh i thought this will be cool i'm not big enough that it's gonna cause a lot of traffic or a lot of problems or take away from the discussion i'm just kind of choo-choo you know it's fun to like him it's fun to talk to him and he became a little bit more prevalent but at the end of the day he's not ava you know walton goggins doesn't show up and kind of bask in the glory of being Walton Goggins every week on that thing. So I figured it was appropriate. And so I, I went and did it cause I wanted to be involved and it's kind of just this cool card. You know, there's guys who say, look what my girlfriend did. You know, she painted this picture on Reddit and it's a really good job. And, and that gets 2000 upvotes and it's totally okay. And I don't have things like that. My thing is that I have a really cool job where I can play characters um, so I kind of wanted to share that though. Now what I'm realizing is not even privacy, but like, I'm, I kind of opened the curtain and now you see people like on 4chan saying, Oh, he's a Redditor. And the thing is, is that I go to 4chan as well. And I don't openly admit that cause you know, the media fucking Nancy Grace will say, Oh, he goes to the devil website. You know, right, right. You, don't, you don't want that happening because people don't understand 4chan. They absolutely don't understand it because it, it's the it's like the birthplace of it all. It's where the memes come from. It's where everything comes from. And then, you know, Reddit is the safer, almost commercial version of that. Yeah, it's filtered. And, it's like upvotes and downvotes. Exactly. And so yeah. it was easy to go in there and, and be a part of Reddit because that's accessible. You know, if I had tried to pop up in the 4chan discussion, which I wanted to do, it would have just been anon, anon, you're not really him, you know, Sharpie in your butt thing. And it just, it never, <laughs> it never would have gone. It never would have worked. And so like, I'm not a specific thing, you know, with the internet. I'm not a Redditor. I'm not a, you know, I'm not anon, but I am a part of the internet. That's kind of like my era. And, but now I'm seeing the effect that it had just choosing to go on to Reddit and talk to people like outlets pick up on that and they say, Oh, he's a Redditor or, Oh, you know, here's a little fun fact or trivia that he said in those discussions. And I wish I could do that forever. I really do wish that people were normal and I could talk to them and everything would be fine. But if, if it goes and I become something where I'm on everyone's radar, that's dangerous. You know, it, it's dangerous to be so involved because you're accessible. And then that means people can reach you. And it's not always going to be good. You know, there's going to be a lot of trolling and a lot of hate. 
Yeah, I think you did the right thing setting up a throwaway too, because the first thing yeah. people are doing is looking at, oh, whoa, what's else? What else has he been posting about? This is not exactly. good. Exactly. And you know, Reddit has a lot of not safe for work links that you don't want to look at in public, so you save them and you go home and you look at them at home. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Private time. <laughs> exactly. And that was my actually first thought with my account. I was like, ah, I need a throwaway. You know, I should probably just because I've probably said one thing that's off color enough that someone on the media could, if they wanted to, you know, could look back and go, Oh, he said this, let's burn him at the stake. Yeah. And you really don't want to be the guy that takes down justified because you exactly. like some, it's you know, picture of someone playing You're tennis or something. Take down justified. It's too <laughs> yeah, no, it won't. I mean, justified took itself down willingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny cause I had this weird crisis. I was on the 4chan discussion of justified and some of them, because they're people, which people don't seem to realize, liked me. And they were like, oh, choo-choo. And they posted these funny pictures. And then, you know, you get the trolls and the whatever. But I couldn't reach out because it's, it's just a different medium, you know. And maybe one day I can be big enough to, to kind of give 4chan shown in a better light. But if they keep hacking things and, you know, having the people that they have there you're never going to get the kind of, you know, commercialism that Reddit has. And that's not saying that I went to Reddit to be a big salesman. I just wanted to kind of interact with people in a safe way. Um, I don't even like Twitter. It gets so crazy. I, I don't really have notifications, but, you know, this person retweeted this retweet and replied to it, and, and then you get all these crazy notifications and it doesn't make any sense. But Twitter's great because without it, I wouldn't be here right now. That's true. Yeah. That's how that's how we became friends. Exactly. We're all oh, Twitter friends first. Don't let don't let Josh don't let Josh claim he's your friend. And all of a sudden <laughs> he's gonna start asking you to order him pizza. It's just not a good deal at all. What are you talking about? You sound like you know from experience, Anthony. I'm not, I'm not saying anything specific. <laughs> but this I'm is good if Duke's generally. our friend because then the next time we go to upstate New York and we get in the car and No, we're, we're not we listen on we don't of all places to talk about that, this is not the time or the place. Not good? She was just talking he was just talking about creating a throwaway. We need to create a throwaway podcast for that. Okay. Right. But uh we'll but talk yeah. to him off the air because he really could be useful. Well, I'll see you guys do a better job than Seabass. Yeah, what the hell was Walker. with that? Actually, can you can you weigh in on this? So this was something that we talked about uh, with, oh, with this most recent episode of um, <laughs> Josh. Josh is fired up. Well, no, I I, I want to get your opinion on this, and and yeah. you know I, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm coming forward, you know, <laughs> but but this was you know this we we very rarely have anything negative to say about Justified. We love this show. We think it's one of the most airtight shows on the air. But the debate came up of um, you know the the Tiger Hawk guys. We're very bad at their job in this in this final episode where things really just started collapsing uh, for them, where Choo Choo dies and Ty Walker is now on the run. And it's really, you know, a, a comedy of errors of their own doing. Um, and we asked the question of was that is that inconsistent with what we had to you know, what we had seen from these characters in previous episodes? Or was this right in front of our faces that? These guys maybe just are not so good at what they do. It's it's kind of what Raylan says that uh, you know they look the shit in jungle fatigues, but you know they don't know crime. Uh, they know killing, but they don't know crime. What's your what's your take on on really kind of the the collapse of Choo Choo and his uh, his pals here? I took mental note of both of those, and obviously when you're a part of a show, you start kind of reaching. You know, you're like, okay, here's what it is. You know, because this show is perfect. But um, I think for that part, I. I I don't know, and I don't want them to think I'm giving out insider information because I, I truthfully don't know. But in my mind, 
I think the point of that was that, that they do know killing, and we are probably the most intimidating physical threats that could have come into Harlan. But with crime and wits and kind of that Harlan County essence, we don't have that. I, I kind of think that was separating us from all the Harlan criminals by showing we thought we could dump them in the woods rather than, you know, dump them in a mine shaft. Right, we, yeah. We don't know mine shaft. We don't know this country. We're right. just sitting there thinking like, oh, well, these woods are pretty thick. Let's leave them here. Um, yeah, but it's I think, they're, they're true. They're, this is like upper stratosphere carpetbaggers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it really is. And it, it's telling that that in the scene where Raylan's kind of walking out with the KSP or the homicide detectives and Tim, Tim doesn't understand the bear season thing. Because Tim's not from Harlan County. He's yeah. not from that part of the, the country. Raylan gets it immediately, and so do the police. And it's one of those things, Tim, also military, also a little bit of an outsider, also not necessarily ready to kind of scrap on the ground with these guys. And I do think the Vietnam kind of deep basis, I mean, if you do go back and read Duke, the, uh, the, the story fire in the hole that the, the pilot is kind of a, a basis of, Boyd is a Vietnam vet in that story. Wow. Uh, so Boyd has come out of Vietnam, and, and I do think that that you, with Graham Yost's pedigree and kind of the Pacific and, and the Band of Brothers, I mean, certainly he has that military understanding. And I, and I do think that's a, a big part of it is that there's these carpetbaggers. And, yeah, they're a little bit stratospheric and upscale compared to some of the other people that have come in. But they're not immune to the you'll never leave Harlan alive curse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just the way it goes. I, I think that's what that was. And I have a whole other thing after that. Remind me to get back to it. Um, but the other thing that I know you guys had issue with was the shootout yes. and kind of like oh, these marksmen, you know, they're, they're badasses. How did they not just headshot everybody? Well, especially Tim, because that's, yeah, that's, that's his thing. Deal. That's Tim. Um, I think in my mind, as much as, you know, TV kind of separates you from what a shootout is, I think, yes, it, you could call it a bit of a stretch cause it is justified and they have set up a certain track record with Tim, but we had, Four people drawing on them. Um, you know, we had the two Hayden Comstock, and then we had Walker, and we had me. And we were all kind of in different spots, and all four of us drew on them. And so Choo Choo gets plugged three times, and I think they assumed I was down. You know, I got shot twice. They figured, Choo Choo, okay, Choo Choo's done. I don't think they expected him to run to the car and get yeah, out of that's, there. Yeah, that's a starter tap for Choo Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then I think... If you watch, because I kind of watched Oliphant and, and Jacob kind of work on this, um, they had to fire down on me, they had to kill Hayden Comstock, and they had to try to kill Walker all in, you know, 10 seconds. They had 10 seconds or less to shoot four people that were drawing down on them. Um, I think the only questionable shot was when I'm standing behind the car and I shoot it at Tim, and then he you know, he wings me again and I get in the car and I drive away. Um, but if you think about it, they were technically a hundred percent on, they shot every target that they were trying to hit. They just didn't kill half of them, you know, well, they kind of killed, they killed three, three fourths of them. Um, so I think in like, I was, I was shooting the other day in the desert and I realized how scary guns are, you know? And I think, if you look at it as a shootout in real life, if two marshals came across four military armed men who drew on them and they killed pretty much three fourths of them, that's pretty good. 
And they didn't take anything themselves too. I mean, like they didn't, neither one of them got killed. So yeah. Yeah. And, and the, I think also that what they tried to show when they were shooting was that they were kind of in the trees. If you noticed Gutterson and, and Raylan were just kind of in the trees. They kind of snuck out from the sides. So they were a ways away, you know, it wasn't a, like a typical 21 foot, bow, you know, draw and you're dead kind of a thing. Right. And it, Tim's expertise, too, is probably not, you know, at its, at its height in a shootout. Like, yeah, you know, he's he's a guy who who really has it when he's kind of got uh, some control over the situation. Mm-hmm. This is a very out of control situation. The apricot thing happens because he's sniping. Right. If I right. recall. Yeah. It, it well, I mean, to- he's he's sniping with a with a handgun from like 10 feet away in the room. <laughs> yeah. uh, but oh, he's yeah, at, yeah. like that's the mode he's in for sure. Yeah. Is that. He, he's prepared for this and he has it on them where, you know, three fourths isn't bad. Could they have done something with that shootout where, you know, you, you have an excuse. Sure. But I think they gave you enough that it was understandable. Also as much as justified doesn't really have plot armor. I think you kind of expect Walker or, or maybe Chooch to get out of that situation, you know? And I think it was surprising that we even got shot in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, but, we um, talked about that. It's it's like a, wow. There's how many episodes left? Right? Yeah, yeah so exactly. That's, that's a joke, and I, I love that. But I'm also so curious, and it's the same feeling I had when I was watching Breaking Bad. Was because I binged that in like a week because everyone was talking about it. So I said, okay, I'm going to watch it. Um, and I binged it, and I got to that like the ninth episode of the last season. I was like, how in the hell do you keep going from this? Like, as a writer, I don't know how some people do that. And that's what I'm looking at at Justified as, like, from the writer's side of my brain. Where do you go? You know, you're, you're wrapping things up very quickly, and we're on six. Yeah. You know, there's seven more hours that you have to fill, and I believe in them. I 100% believe in what they're going to do. But it, it gets kind of scary because you think, like, okay, episode 10. Are we going to have a lull because Tiger Hawk's going so fast? You don't know. I have no clue what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, so so you, you, we talked about the show. You said you wanted to go back to another thing about okay. the, uh, the shittiness of Tiger Hawk. I don't um, know if that's what you wanted to talk about. No, 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 that's what uh, I'm calling it. It's actually this thing, and I think you guys will pick up on it because you, you'll know what I'm talking about, even though I don't know your opinions on Nolan. Justified gives you pretty much everything you need to – somehow kind of logisticize everything to make everything logical, you know, everyone's actions or why this happened. And, you know, they gave you, they know killing, but they don't know crime. That line was there. So if you had a problem with how they hid the body, it was kind of like, okay, you know, they know killing, they don't know crime. You gave me that as a writer. And I think there's this kind of syndrome. And I noticed Christopher Nolan falls for it a lot particularly where people try to poke holes like major holes in the dark night. And they say, you know, this is my least favorite movie of all time because it's got so many holes in it. If you watch a lot of Nolan's movies, he gives you everything that you need pretty much. And sometimes, yeah, it's in dialogue. It's in like one line that you have to have heard to, to understand a possible plot hole, but he gives you everything. And it's almost like people want more, you know, and I think Justified does that. They do have these lines that kind of explain away something that maybe you could have gone a little more in depth with. But sometimes you either you don't listen to it or, or some people willingly don't listen to it. You know, they're like, oh, like I can see haters say, oh, you know, they don't know how to hide a body. That's stupid. 
And it's like, well, you know, Raylan did say they know killing, but they don't know crime. Yeah. You know, they did give it to us because it's not explain away plot holes. That's not the point of telling a story. You know, the point of telling a story is does it make sense and does it mean something, you know, in my head. And uh, I think they give you pretty much everything. I don't think I've had a moment watching Justified where I was like, you didn't give me anything for this. Like, what the hell, guys? Right. I would say, um, I would say two things to that is, is one, I think once, once Antonio and I hit that scene um, where, where we got to the point of talking through the Raylan line of, uh, you know, they, they know killing, but they don't know crime. We were both kind of like, yeah. And if you think about it, like if you look back at a lot of the stuff they did, uh, that totally holds water. Like that is absolutely yeah. kind of the guiding philosophy philosophy of what of what all of those characters have done like the whole like uh like uh smoking out or or the co2 poisoning with the, the english teacher a few episodes back was awesome yeah. but you know tim picked up on it immediately uh mm-hmm. so so i think that that's that's very much there and then just to your point about like you know justified and 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 nolan and but but justified especially like giving you things like you, if you actually stop and if you actually listen this this is a show where you really like you can't not pay attention uh, yeah. you, you have like this isn't a show that's going to stop down and spoon feed you anything. But if you actually listen to what people are saying and to what is going on in front of you, you can follow it all. But it's not a cell phone show, you know. Like it's not. Yeah. A, I'm playing Angry Birds and watching Justified. Don't do that. You're doing it I, wrong. I don't know how people do that. By the way, eh, if it's like a shitty show, I can do it. <laughs> well, and, and I would say, and, and I know it's probably a terrible segue since Josh was just talking about shitty shows, because there are a lot of <laughs> shows on TV that are that are well made that that really are well made, but they're well made in a in a very specific way for a very specific audience that maybe does want to play Angry Birds while they're watching a TV show or people like my mom who she doesn't want to have to think about lines of dialogue from two episodes ago or from even earlier in this episode uh, all the time. Sometimes she does, but sometimes she wants to watch NCIS or sometimes she wants to watch Bones or a Story of the Week show. And that doesn't mean those shows aren't always well made. A lot of the times they are, um, but they're made differently and differently doesn't mean bad in most instances. I, I think there's a reason that we don't don't do a post-show recaps about shows like NCIS uh, because we can go into Justified and we can say, let's really break this down. What do we know about this character not only from this episode, but from three seasons ago, from two seasons ago? And and I think you're right. I think that Christopher Nolan, like there's there's a line, you know, where where it's sort of the show don't tell or, or there's the show and tell or there's just tell. And I think that there's there's a very fine line to tread there where you're creating something that you want to get your point across. And then uh, it's so it's so difficult to TV, right because not only does the writer have to write it the actors have to act it and then it has to come off in the way it's staged and shot and edited and scored and all of it so that that i think is is what makes uh, shows like justified so great is they're willing to trust their audience and trust all the people that work on the show to carry all that through the the craziest thing and because i was starting to kind of lose hope because to me that is that is an elevated level of shows, you know, when you do have to pay attention and when you can hearken back to something two seasons ago. Um, but I was kind of losing hope. And then when Breaking Bad became so popular, I was like, okay, the masses love this show. And sure, maybe they're not taking notes, you know, and, and looking for plot holes. Maybe they're just kind of absorbing it. But the general public showed that they are willing to watch something a little bit smarter than the average popular show, you know, Breaking Bad broke bad and went went wild, and it it did have things that they kind of called back to. Like uh, my favorite thing is on I think it's season four at the end 
when they just zoom in on that plant. Yep. You know, I didn't get that at first. And I, and I was sitting there watching it. Like I had binge watched it. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I, it came together and I thought about it and it was brilliant. I love, that's probably my favorite final shot of any other episodes. I know that sounds crazy. No, it's not crazy like, at all. That's an awesome final shot. That is fantastic. Everything that was said in that moment, it, it wasn't told to me. You know, it was just kind of like, here's the plant. Guess he really is that bad. Uh, and, you know, and then the show ended or the, the season ended. And so that kind of gave me hope as a writer and someone who also wants to make stuff later on and be a part of things like that. It's like, okay, people do care. You know, they are willing to put some thought into their shows if you just hit that right thing. And I think once again, talking back to Justified and not being on Netflix, I think Justified could satisfy a lot of people, but it's just not getting the time of day because it is one of those shows you have to pay attention. And, uh, I don't know what the formula is because, you know, then I, I, I went and saw Interstellar and I really liked Interstellar. Like I, I thought it was one of my favorite things. And it just flew under the radar. And you can say, oh, you know, it had some holes in it, or, oh, I don't really like Nolan, blah, blah, blah. But even still, you can't take away from the impressiveness of a film like that. And it flew under the radar. And people treated it like, oh, it's trying to be too smart. Like, what is that formula where you can be smart and you can say a lot of things, but you're still going to appease everybody? <laughs> Yeah, and if you find that magic sauce, you let us know, man. Yeah, I know. I'll uh, call Vince Gill. Put it on first. a pizza for me, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Serve wanna, it up. Deep I dish. Call Gilligan and say, hey, man, you don't know me. I was on a show that you produced, and uh, how'd you do it? Well, yeah, tell us fine. more. Yeah, maybe he doesn't even know. Go on. <laughs> because Breaking Bad, you know, the plot of that is not very exciting when you read the synopsis. I have so many people say they won't watch it because – Oh, it's a teacher and he has cancer and drugs. It's like, oh, really? And and when I pitch Justified, it's the same thing. You know, a guy leaves the big city of Miami and comes back to Harlan and deals with Harlan crime. And, uh, you know, I have people go, ah, that's okay. Yeah, Is well, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll show people, like, uh, like, a, like an image from Justified and they'll be like, oh, Walker, Texas Ranger. I'll be like, no, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Givens, Kentucky Ranger. Get it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're completely wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, I, I mean, it's, it's just a very interesting discussion. I mean, even things like 2001, when it came out, Pauline Kael is one of the most famous film critics of all time. She thought it was horrible. And sometimes yeah. things are just streets ahead or they're just not necessarily right there in the sweet spot of what people understand, whether it's because they're not accessible like on Netflix or whether it's because they're not being presented in a, in a way that people are ready to get them. And, and I think Justified is the kind of show that will stand the test of time. And whenever it does get into a medium where people can take it in, it's one of those shows that people will love if they haven't watched it yet. So yeah. we'll get there. If, if, uh, if and you talk about Interstellar, that's what made me think about 2001. But sometimes what people think in the moment isn't always what they think long term. And, and I think that uh, yeah, even within Justified like the context, Even within the context of Justified, I mean, Antonio, the, the popular opinion is that season five is not a very good season of Justified. And I think you and I have talked a lot about how this season is justifying season five of Justified. Like in, yeah. in retrospect, yeah. it's it's really good. It's like it's important. I think one of you said that we're basically watching a novel one chapter at a time. Yeah. You know, and I had never really thought about TV like that, that a season is is a book, you know, 
And, and that's kind of intimidating in a way when you think about all the things that you have to work on and keep track of because you have to tell a complete story to satisfy your fans at least you know in an hour. But you also have to tell an even more complete story by the end of it all. You know, right. it, all, it all has to make sense. And I think not a lot of people look into it that far. And, and that's what's so masterful about Justified is that these writers really are trying at least, you know, they're, they're going there. And I think that's all it takes is, is at least trying to go there. Yeah. You need to have the talent and the, the show, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's why people love season two so much is in season one, they, they, they had great characters and they had a kind of an interesting milieu and they were like, okay, let's put these two things together. And there was some story of the week stuff and it got, it got kind of off base a little bit, but then you get to season two and it's like, they have this predominant arc in season two. And there's still a lot of, when we rewatch it, there's still a lot of the story of the week type stuff, but you can tell their focus is we're going to tell a season long story. We're going to tell stories in each episode. And to the extent that we can, we're going to tie the episodic stories into the season story. And that's when it gets really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I binge watching season two. It just, it was, that's what it was. That's justified. And it, and it sucks to say like season two, because obviously the other seasons are just as good. But if I were ever to get somebody hooked on it, I would say, watch, watch the first season if you have time. But if you have ADD, watch season two, you know, you'll catch up. Though I think the biggest and most important thing from season one for me is Boyd Crowder. Sure, like of course. My, my stepdad is just watching season six. He's, he's like, okay, you know, I'll watch it because you're in it. And he's excited. But he hates Boyd. He saw, the, you know, he saw the swastika tattoo and he thought, like, this guy's a piece of shit. And I, I didn't understand how someone could go there. And then I realized he didn't see that transformation, you know? And I think that was probably the most important thing that I took from season one. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's interesting about Boyd is now I actually do feel like you could have the valid reaction of he's a piece of shit, yeah. but, but it, it lasts, it, you know, like there, there was a time when maybe he wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of unfathomable when you're talking about a guy who's uh, tatted up with Heil Hitler and swastika tattoos. And you, like but that. you forget, yeah. you forget that he was a neo-Nazi. Yeah, you do. It's, it's so good. And, and like, I don't know. I, I, I look at those writers and I really do respect them. And I, I wonder where they're going to go now, by the way. Also a segue. What do you think these guys are going to do? Are they going to sit pretty and just kind of write out Justified and live their life? Or are they going to go into another show that's just as, you know, put together? Well, for all our sakes, I hope it's the latter. You know, I, mean, I, I hope these guys go on and, and just continue killing it because there's so much quality there that you got to hope that that, you know, in this quote unquote golden age of, of television, that these guys are just going to keep delivering. Yeah. You know, and I'll get a little more industry on you guys, if you don't mind. Oh, go for no, it, please. <laughs> um, as because I'm a writer and I'm, I'm pretty no nonsense when it comes to artsy stuff. Like I get when you need to, like there is a depth to justify but they don't go out of their way to make you feel that depth. And I think TV is in its golden age because TV always at the end of the day has to make sense. Otherwise your fans will be really, really pissed off. Um, and movies are kind of going the other way where they don't need to make as much sense. And a lot of people say, Oh, you're just not an artiste, but it drives me crazy. And I, I might offend some people right now, but I was not so big on Birdman. Like Birdman passed the 8.0 mark for me as like 8 out of 10. And then it started falling apart because 
it willingly chose not to make any sense. And I think, sure, we can ride this popularity of, you know, let's be artistic and not give the audience everything. You know, that's going to go away. But I think TV, truthfully, is in its golden age because there's just the right amount of artistic integrity and also logic, you know? And like uh, Breaking Bad always made sense. There was always even the weird kind of openers with the plane crash stuff or with the, you know, the car it came around and it made sense. It wasn't just like a picture of a bird flying in the sky for no reason, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, at least as far as I'm concerned, I don't think you said anything controversial about Birdman. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think um, one of the worst things that ha- could have happened to Birdman is that it won Best Picture. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like, for me, that makes me like it less because I don't, uh, I mean, come on, boyhood, let's go. You know, let's, 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 be, let's be real here. I mean, all... I'll get nitty gritty with you, even though this year I don't know what what we were supposed to choose. I couldn't even pick Boyhood. I'll tell you one reason why. There was a moment I had in the middle of Boyhood where I was like, man, I really wish they had picked a more interesting kid. And then I realized it wasn't a documentary. <laughs> you know? I was like, too bad this kid grew up to be a boring piece of crap. Oh, wait, this was written. This, this had a script. Oh, uh, man. Single tear rolling down uh, Mason's cheek right now as he's uh, listening to this out in the desert with his That's new girlfriend. That's all he did. I know. That's all he did was not even cry. He, he was just, sensitive, Duke. What's your problem, man? <laughs> I, I just have met that guy. More like Dick Davis Roberts over here. <laughs> <laughs> that guy had nothing to say that meant that, like he, he almost sounded way too stoned with his, you know, life. Life is just a thing that happens. And you're like, what? Get out of here. Get off my movie screen, well, he's please. Even Hawk's kid. I mean, you kind of expect <laughs> that, right? Even Hawk was great. And, and Patricia Arquette was great. Like, the acting was good. But I felt the same way I did about The Master. I was like, wow, this acting's really good. Oh, it's over. What just happened? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, and TV. I mean, TV does have to serve different masters, as you're pointing out, and and that that is uh, that is something right now where if Justified is not keeping you thrilled through the commercial breaks, you can you can flip your remote. But I think you you observed something pretty wisely earlier, Duke. That I that I'm tracking as we kind of look when you say TV's in the sweet spot right now. I think that's right. But the more we shift to kind of Netflix spending more on programming than any scripted content provider, which they're doing this year, and the more we switch to all these original series that don't that aren't built for commercial content that are built to be binged and that are built to be streamed and that are built to just to have content i do wonder uh if we're going to have a pushback against that if we're going to say like tv for all its negatives and it's criticized for catering to sponsors and to having to write so tightly for ad for act breaks with ads and uh to tell the story in in such a way that it'll fit within that medium but i i think you're rightly recognizing that there are positives to that too but i I do think that there's going to be a sort of evolution from there as we change the the kind of way tv is consumed and delivered so it will be interesting to see how that evolution reflects artistically because it's it's certainly happening physically and and in every other way you could put but artistically i'm not sure we've seen the real results of that yet so that's definitely something i'll be tracking i i do hope because i do believe and i know when i hate on super over the top artsy movies it sounds like i'm the kind of guy that needs a you know a plot a a plot b and it needs to go I'm totally fine with some subjective things and some things that, you know, maybe are a little out there. It just kind of all has to come together. And like you said, inherently, the DNA of TV 
is is these over is these arcs, and an arc is built a certain way. You know, where film right now is in this zone where they don't even try to build an arc; they just kind of run off in a bunch of directions and hope that it makes sense or that it moves people. And I hope that goes away. I, I really do, but. Um, it, it stinks to me that there is now a distinction between film fans and TV fans. You know? Why can't we all just get along? Yeah, right? Just like 4chan and Reddit. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get the uh, Israel and Palestine together if you're trying to bring 4chan and Reddit together. <laughs> Let's not bring Israel and Palestine into this podcast. I, somebody paid it. me to say that. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. They don't. <laughs> They don't need to come together, absolutely not, because I think they they serve different purposes. But there doesn't need to be a rivalry because most of the internet is on the same team, which is you know against people against the internet. Right now, you know there are websites that maybe would have some rival, some justified eh, rivalries with other websites. But with that, with the whole FCC thing that just passed, you know, we're all on the same side, internet. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, net neutrality, bro. Right? It's um, here. Too many freak flags flying in each other's faces sometimes, and I think yeah. that can that can be a problem. But you're right. It there is a dichotomy there. And I think it I, I think that does present with TV and film. Uh, we all like to consume great, great entertaining, uh relevant, like moving, all of those things, media. Uh, and there shouldn't be this sort of dichotomy. And you know, it's interesting that you observe like you loved Interstellar and and, and that, that was something that was kind of pop for you because I think a lot of people rejected Interstellar because they thought the ideas were too big or because they thought that it was shooting for the stars, so to speak. Uh, and, and I think that it, Nolan more than anybody tries to kind of trend and serve both masters. And, and I think that that is something that people try to criticize people, fans of both sides try to criticize him for supporting the other too much. They don't like the ending of inception because they think yeah. it beats him over the head or they don't like the ending of inception because they think it's too vague. And, and it's like, uh, it's really tough. Uh, you gotta, you gotta have bulletproof skin sometimes. I think if you're going to, if you're going to create you got to be willing to put it out there and let people criticize it for whatever agenda they're bringing to the table and you got to just kind of go for it and it's the only industry where a podcast about a show makes sense you know the kind of creative out there entertainment industry you know you guys wouldn't be podcasting about dominoes for very long the pizza yeah, I, yeah. Well, you know me very well <laughs> yeah i was gonna say josh might be able to give you a little bit on yeah. on dominoes a, a little let me bit, take you down to wigglerville we'll uh <laughs> we'll discuss we'll discuss how many podcast how many hours of podcasting do you think you've put into tv shows a lot more than i could count okay do you think you could fill that same amount of time about any other industry sports but i don't know sports oh, somebody true. could somebody yeah. could it wouldn't be me but somebody could yeah, I could do I could do sports, but you're right. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it certainly it lends itself to analysis, discussion, and the kind of thing that people want to consume. That's the other thing because people talk all day long on cable news about politics and about banking and about all those things. But when you're in your free time and you want to uh, when you want to decompress and you want some uh, some escapism, you go to TV and you want to you want to talk with other people about film or media. That that's what you go to. So you don't you don't want 
escape. You don't want to need escapism from your escapism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't, you don't want to say, well, I, I watch cable news all day. That's how I decompress. And then I want to talk about cable news. And it's like, oh boy, if you start doing that, then you really need an outlet, man. Like and your outlet needs to be something that's going to be totally different. So yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a, a way different outlet in that regard. And people are passionate, but it, it isn't, it isn't something that ultimately changes their, the way that they, I mean, they, you know, if they're moved artistically, it might change the way they do with, deal with things. But our podcast certainly isn't going to change the way, um, you know, they they operate in their daily lives. It's going to probably affect it in a positive way if they're able to, to pass the time and make themselves happy throughout. And you can't do that with everything because a lot of times it brings you down. So it's difficult. Yeah. And more boring, like like pizza, right, Josh? Yeah. Pizza's not boring. Shut up. <laughs> it's, but sadly, because, I mean, we're all forgetting about books. And I know that sounds kind of over the top, but people kind of, oh, yeah, books, but I'll wait for it to turn into a movie or turn it into a TV show. And since that is the way of thing, I think we do need to hold an integrity with television and movies. You know, since, since books aren't really the primary source for us to get our stories and get that kind of entertainment, I think there needs to be a certain caliber of television and film, you know, almost a certain standard. And yes, it's art, so you can't hold it to a standard. But it would be nice because that's how a lot of kids today are going to understand certain themes. You know, I, I don't think kids should be watching Breaking Bad, but I do. <laughs> I, think, I don't think Josh should be having kids. Okay. Well, now I we're getting I don't into dark either. territory, and I'm, I'm like a mediator now. Um, but yeah, like yeah, at some point, I could see a 15 year old who doesn't really get much. He's going to watch Breaking Bad, and he's going to kind of start drawing lines and realize that things aren't black and white. And sadly, that won't come from a book anymore. You know, I would love for books to stick around. But truthfully, television and film are where we explore these kind of different aspects of humanity. Yeah. Yes, Choo Choo is, a, is like a joke. You know, he's a side character. But you guys were able to pull out some interesting themes just based off his, you know, what they gave you with his mental injury. And, and I think it, it's fascinating to me that it spreads like this and, and humans are so, we're so desperate to kind of understand connection and understand each other that things like this happen. Yeah. We're very desperate men. I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that from this uh, hour plus conversation. Well, we've I've been, been staring at you guys' Skype icons this whole time. <laughs> so Antonio is a baseball. That's with right. A mustache. That's right. Which is <laughs> and, what he and, actually looks like in real life. <laughs> yep. And Josh is a little closer, but it's kind of JPEGy. Yeah, it's, it's actually a, a cartoon illustration that a friend of mine uh, drew for me for the first time I was uh, covering Comic-Con as a journalist, uh, and I was okay. losing my fucking mind. <laughs> I can see that yeah. right here. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, well, it's of... happening live, uh, the losing my mind right now. Okay. Yeah. And you guys are looking at Chooch. I used my Chooch picture. I don't know if you're looking at your Skype Oh, screen. I'm looking at it. Okay, uh, I'm looking at it actually, and I'm getting sad that Chooch is no longer 
with us. And just, just to pivot back to Justified for a bit, because I know, I know, I know that you're pressed for time. This, this is something that I, I do want to bring up with you is just um, the death of Choo Choo, uh, the way that it happens. Um, can, I, I mean, I was surprised that he, that he goes out as fast as he does. And, and maybe that's because the character had just made such an impact um, and, and had such a landing. And, and you know, not to, not to suck kneecaps, which is something that is said uh, around this podcast, not to suck kneecaps, but it, a lot of that uh, has everything to do with the work that you did. You know, you, you question whether or not you did good acting. You did good acting, buddy. I did uh, good. And you, you, did, you did a great job with this character, and he really popped. He really resonated with a lot of people. And so, you know, with Justified, you really do get used to, like, the villain of the week or, the, or like, the, the bad guy of the week uh, or an episode or two. But it seemed like Choo Choo was starting to become, you know, kind of part of the fabric of season six. And suddenly he's gone, and it's episode six. It's, it felt like there was still so much more to do. Uh, obviously, you are close to the character. You would like to have more to do as Choo Choo on the <laughs> show. I'm sure it would be nice to still be on Justified. What were your thoughts on the way he went out and the timing of how he went out? I think with a character like that, not with you know a Raylan or a boy, but with a character like Choo Choo, it was perfect timing because you'd rather want people going, no, I wanted more than having me kind of poke around near the end of all this going, why the hell is he still here? Sure. You know, like if, imagine how Better often, to leave I, the party early than uh, be the yes. one who's like drunk and passed out in the bathroom <laughs> and you wake up. So why is he still in my house? I, I was cringing at the thought of, uh, you know, if he became popular enough and they could get a reception and they kept him around, I was cringing at the thought of a kind of forced Ava, Ava choo-choo scene later on, or, you know, a Boyd choo-choo scene, a kind of like, you know, overly fan service which I think would have happened if he kept going. Because I, I, I agree he, he was fun to, be, to have around, but I don't think he was necessary 100% to the fabric of the main plot. Yeah. He was necessary for Tiger Hawk. I think for you guys to kind of sympathize and understand Tiger Hawk, Choo Choo absolutely needed to exist. Oh, yeah. He's the heart of Tiger Hawk. In a way, you know, he, he's the humanity, if anything, of, right. of Tiger Hog. And now that he's gone, the humanity is gone. And I, I loved that. I actually, as much as I was sad and I, I would love to work and have money, um, I understood it. And I was happy that it was the timing worked out the way it did. Another episode, maybe he could have lasted and people would have still liked him. But I think he would have overstayed his welcome. And that's the worst thing you can do as a character or as an actor, you know, have people go, okay, you know, we're sick of you, you know, please, please shoot them. Yeah. Enough. Um, and the scene I really loved because I thought it was just going to be a one and done. I was reading it. No, oh, here's Raylan and Tim, you know, it's over. Here comes the shootout and, and he gets away. And the fact that they gave me like a separate moment to die. That was enough for me. That, that was satisfying because it, it was like, here's the credit that Choo Choo deserves at least to have his own moment where he dies. Right. You know, it, the scene isn't, he gets shot and then Raylan makes a joke and then unties the pretty girl because that's, that's not justified. The, it was Choo Choo dies on the tracks. It's kind of ironic. Did you and think he was going to get hit by the train when you were reading the script? I had made a joke because Tim said that and then someone brought up, you know, all the tragedies that have happened lately with trains. And he was like, oh, yeah, we probably can't hit you with a train. Right. And before we were even deep into it, I said, what if he got hit by a, you know, a truck or something? Because 
you'd expect them to get hit by a train. I, like I was thinking of a shootout on the railroad tracks and Gutterson runs them over, which is completely against what you'd expect them to do. You know, right, but that would be I, very justified. Exactly. I, I was trying to come up with kind of ironic ways to kill him. And when they said the train's going to stop and he's just going to bleed out, that was right. You know, that felt right. That was the right kind of formula for this kind of show. Um, so I know I don't regret any of it. Obviously I would love to work more, but that's more as a fan. We're for, for the show. I'm, Glad he didn't overstay his welcome. He was loved, apparently, by uh, quite a few people. And, you know, he made a point at the end. It wasn't just, oh, the dumb guy died. Ha ha. And I feel bad for some people who have died on the show that didn't leave an impact, you know, lately. Busey left an impact because that was hilarious. But, you know, in the same episode, the pig dies. Yeah. And and that, (laughs) that sucks for him. Because I do feel like they made a meal out of Choo Choo dying. Yeah, and they just push this guy down the hole. <laughs> yeah, they push him down the hole, and then they zoom in, you know, on Zachariah, and he, and he looks at the camera and yells over. That's what that scene was about. Right. That scene wasn't about the pig dying. It was about kind of showing you what's going on in the mind. Where the the scene where Choo Choo is on the tracks, the only point of that scene is that I'm dead. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think that there's just, again, it speaks to the fact that there was something resonant about that character. And I don't know if you were done filming as Choo Choo before the season began, were you? Uh, yes, yes. So so even then, like, there there was no audience reaction to Choo Choo yet uh, when, mm-hmm. when they got to your death episode. Um, but, you know, they, they were obviously giving you enough material in the writer's room and responding to what you were doing and really starting to kind of uh, adore this character to the degree that they were giving you what you were given and they were, they were doing all of this stuff and he was becoming a more fully formed character uh, that I feel... I don't know. It must have been, you know, something of a of a favorite to write in the room, too. And I think it takes a certain amount of chutzpah to uh, to kill your darlings. Uh, And I I think and I think that 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 speaks to your point of you'd rather have him be there for the right amount of time, even if it's a little early uh, than to have him there for too long. Uh, And to do that with a character that's a favorite, just to, you know, to pivot away from from Choo Choo for a second to talk about Dewey, you know, to kill Dewey Crow in the first episode of the final season was such a mission statement about what is going to happen in this final season of justified where it's like this is where we are now this is what we got to do i know you all had your fan fiction endings for what Dewey crow was going to end up doing and he was going to have his his gator teeth and his uh, turtle dog and he was going to you know get his five dollar blow job and he was going to go off and you know uh reclaim his his three hundred thousand dollars or whatever the hell he's gonna have some sort of happy ending no he's gonna get shot in the back of the head by boyd crowder in a bar and he's never gonna see it coming uh and that's the tone that we're going for with this final season of justified and it's this kill your darlings attitude that uh i i think it didn't it hadn't gone away but it was a reminder when we lost choo choo the way that we did and the timing that we did that yeah this is a final season that means business you know people aren't just gonna stick around and uh, I think Dewey dying did a lot for me, <laughs> hype-wise, because I think there was a big old hole in people's hearts. 100%. Yeah, we, you know, there, he, he's that kind of, uh, he's the fool, you know? He's, the, he's sort of this lovable goof, even though he does some, some terrible things. Like, there's just something about Dewey that's a little bit innocent that you really want to respond to, and you, you do respond to, and you do want to keep seeing. And when he was gone, I do think that uh, Choo Choo filled that space. I mean, he... 
he expanded that space and, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of just like shook his elbows around a little bit and made the space a little bit bigger. And that kind of makes that void even bigger now, because who fills that from this point forward? There isn't a character like that on Justified right now, which isn't a complaint. In fact, that could be a very good thing for, uh, you know, kind of establishing the stakes and the tone for the rest of the season. Do you have thoughts on where this is going? I don't know if you know spoilers. I hope that you don't because I don't no. want to know them. But do you, <laughs> do, you, do you have any thoughts about where the rest of the season is going? I, uh, I stopped getting scripts after I died, which was so sad because I would get a script every week and then it just went away. And I was hoping they'd forget to take me off the list and I would get the rest of the season. Right. So I have, I have no idea. Um, I've said this before. I think it was Vulture or no, it was an, another website, Lima Lamaray. But I, uh, I think Raylan has been writing a line for so long and has never really been knocked down because of his line writing. Really? You know? Um, I think that is going to happen this season. That's just purely speculation. Um, don't call me FX and yell at me. Sure. Um, uh, I think he's been writing a line for so long with so much bravado that I expect him to kind of crash and burn. I actually got scared when I saw that he has uh, the baby in the next episode. Right. Walking in the office with the baby. I'm like, oh, no. What are they going to do to Raylan? Because we know angry Raylan is, is a great Raylan. Um, but it also is a Raylan that makes crazy decisions. And it's the last season. So I have, I have no clue. I, I don't see Boyd making it out just because he's been a bad enough guy for long enough that he does need to get his comeuppance. Like that's the point of the show is that he skated death. He's cheated death since the beginning. Um, but I, I don't see Raylan riding off into the sunset. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't go that route and that would be nice, but I don't see him making it out of Harlan alive. What do you think about Ava? What's going to happen to Ava? I, th- I think Ava's a weird scenario because uh, somewhere I've read that in Elmore Leonard novels, the women tend to make it out. You know, they tend to kind of overcome these men and I could see that, but I also see her death being a very, very big catalyst for episode 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, if I call it now, I could see episode 11 being an Ava death and, and everyone going, Oh my God. And whether you're mad at Boyd or whether you're mad at Raylan for how she went out. And then you set up the stakes astronomically because there's no reason to pull your punch in the last season. There's, there's no reason to, um, you, you, you dig it into the audience's heart and you turn breaking bad did that. And I think justified can do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also thinking like what could possibly put Raylan and Boyd on any sort of same side uh, from this point forward. And I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know what you guys think. I, I do feel like, yes, this final season is pitting Raylan and Boyd against each other, but don't you think there has to be one final team up between the two of them? Potentially. And I think, I think that could be something that could, that could unify them. If, if Ava died, that could be something where the two of them oh. had to come together over something like that. I, I hope have, not, though. I hope she gets yeah. it a lot. I, I, I don't think she will because she is loved enough that it, it will hurt when she dies. Um, if they want to play that angle, but it seems like they're just kind of driving everybody apart. Nobody, there's not really aside from martial service versus criminals. Um, and even there, there's some tension between 
you know, Rachel and Raylan and the things that are going on. I think we're just going to watch this whole show fall apart in a very good way. Um, Cause Markham, you can't have the pivotal scenes be about Markham because he's new as much as he's a great villain. He's too new for the audience to really feel that weight. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Any good Sam Elliott stories? No, I just met him and I didn't recognize him for half a second. And then he talked. I was like, Oh crap. That's (laughs) Sam Elliott. And he's right here, but he was very nice. Um, but when you look at it, we don't really have scenes together. Yeah, that's right. He kind of walks by that one scene and I looked at him and that's when I met him. And when we talked, but they kind of kept us separate, probably didn't want me to Amtrak him on accident. Uh huh. That would have been a real shame. (laughs) Oh, are you, are you a Friday night lights guy? No, I never watched it. Uh, you should watch it, and then you should pat yourself on the back for killing Buddy Garrity. I, everyone always called him Buddy Garrity, and it was so funny to me, because I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> it, it means something. Go go watch Friday Night Lights. And y- then, you'll like it, by the way, I think. Yeah, from what I've heard. I've, it's, it's another one of those shows that just I, it never popped for me, and I never watched it. Yeah. I, never, I haven't seen a single second of it. Yeah. Um, punching him was fun. That was a good time. Starter tap. The starter tap, even though I would have liked a few starter taps. You guys totally believed that I could kill somebody with one punch. I absolutely buy it. You could kill me with one punch because I don't think I could take uh, one punch from Antonio. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think a lot of your body is more absorbent than you realize, Josh. Yes. Well, my, my belly area, but if you're trying to kill me, you're going for the face. Actually, I, it, it hurts to get punched in the stomach, by the way, more than you'd think. Even if there is some extra cush there. So I've just been added as a man who's never been in a fight, by the way. <laughs> so hello, that's me. I'm your doughy uh, host of this podcast. Who's <laughs> never seen blood. I've never fought in the street. If that helps. Well, you but fought Duke, in the ring. Yeah, Duke, is your MMA, is your MMA time over? The octagon? Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm 6'5". I fought at 205 pounds, a light heavyweight. So I was a big light heavyweight. I have a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all that stuff. So I definitely not make a run for the title, but I definitely could have competed professionally, you know, from what my coaches were saying and where it was going. And I think that was because I didn't play sports. You know, I didn't have that outlet to, oh, oh, let me get all this out of me, all this angst. I didn't play football or basketball. I did MMA. So there was a very serious period of time where I contemplated being a professional fighter because that's purely skill. There's no politics. There's no what have you done. You get in the cage and you fight, and if you win, you move on. Um, but those days are long behind me, and that's impartially due to choo-choo and, and actually seeing some success in a way. Let, let people think you're, you're, an, you're a fake fighter, you're a fake tough guy, then have yeah. to show them you're a real one. I mean, yeah. there's no, I think you, you carry that for sure with that role. And I think even if you slim down, like you said, and got to that kind of fighting weight uh, in terms of being an actor, I still think you're being 6'5", and just kind of dark skin, dark eyes, or no, sorry, dark hair, dark eyes. Like you're going <laughs> to kind of come across like with, with a lot of gravitas in that regard. You don't have to be 240, 250, but uh, let them think that you're a tough guy. Don't have, you don't have to show us. You don't have to show it's us. Exactly. Antonio, you're being sizest right now. <laughs> no, I'm saying take care of your face is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I have a little tiny cauliflower bump in my ear. It's not prevalent. You know, the cauliflower ear was kind of starting right when I stopped. But yeah, I, I'd actually prefer to be an actor in the long game of things. 
sure for the last for 10 years i could have fought and lived a crazy life as a fighter but acting's a bit more rewarding for me all right well let's let's start wrapping you up but before we do can we get some choo-choo voice can you do it for us please you know what's sad i forgot don't tell me you lost it no Uh, the other day i was just doing choo-choo in the mirror just to do it and (laughs) i couldn't do it uh what happened what, what was it? Was it here or was it here? Like I couldn't, it took so long to do it. Um, what was the line? There's a trigger line that I have. It's not, I'm, I'm not following you. Oh my God. I'm failing as an actor. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Performance anxiety right well, now. Pick, pick a, what's a, what's a line? What's a good so one, like, Antonio? You've got a better brain for this than I do. I'm trying to think of, I, but I don't know what your trigger line might be. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to, th- I mean, I skim love the skim milk. milk. I was going to say, I love the skim milk. But uh, that might not be a trigger. That was there was so much comedy in that. That was great though. Uh, yeah, because Choo Choo starts like you know you got any skim milk? Uh, <laughs> there's so much. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Sniper guy. You know, <laughs> said he got 275 on his lonesome. But yeah, it's it's weird for me because that's where it is. But I know there's something just missing. It's good enough. That'll do. There's it for something me. there. Easy yeah. to talk trash about Chris Kyle now that he's no longer with us. Oh my God, Antonio! <laughs> Just saying, big good, words. Good God! What Bradley is your Cooper's problem? coming after you. What is your problem? They wrote that so long ago, and it's funny how prevalent he became and how how relevant that line was. By the way, that, I don't think that was intentional for that line to be so relevant. Yeah. As it became. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was timing. I don't know if I want to call it good timing, but it was timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did that make Choo look bad? No, I don't think so. Nothing, no? nothing could make Choo look bad. No, I mean, listen, Jesse the Body Ventura sued the guy's freaking estate for crying out loud, all right? So I don't think yeah. talk, making a snide remark as, as a character on a TV show is going to cost And that guy is a sexual Tyrannosaurus. I don't know if you knew that about Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> is he? Uh, that's what he says in Predator. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, all right, so one, one really final thing that I do want to talk about before we lose you, and then, and then we'll probably talk about some other final stuff because we don't know how to wrap things up, uh, but... Chulosis. Chulosis. Oh, God. I, I have a terrible, deep, dark secret to tell you about Chulosis. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, no. You might have to edit it out. Oh, no. Well, if you don't want to say it. <laughs> no, that, no, yeah. uh, my agent called and was like, yeah, it's voiceover only, and they already cast it. So, you know. The death of Chulosis. But, and, and, but I didn't tell anybody because it's like, What's going to happen if people keep saying, because I would love to do that oh, or, or something. Um, and the death of it came so soon that I haven't told anybody yet. I think I'm going to this week because it was spreading. It was actually kind of doing stuff. You know, that article was getting kind of spread around and people are hearing about it. Sonic's Alliance. And, and yeah. And, and who knows what, what can happen with that though? I, I don't think Colossus is going to happen unless it was so overbearing but they were like, get out of here, other guy, you know, let's bring in this guy. Um, well, the thing about this is I feel like um, may- maybe the movie role has passed, but enough times like you'll you'll be saying like this guy needs to play this character. This guy needs to play this character and it just like builds up like 
for example, Nathan Fillion was the guy that everyone's like, Nathan Fillion is Hal Jordan. He is Green Lantern. He has to be Green Lantern. He's got to be Green Lantern. Then it goes to Ryan Reynolds. And everyone's like, what the F? It's freaking Nathan Fillion. You're doing it wrong. And then, lo and behold, Nathan Fillion becomes the voice of Hal Jordan in some cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so you might get your chance at Chulasis. If pe- enough people start saying it, and if enough people start building up, you could find yourself on some sort of Marvel project. I'm, I'm on board with that. But and I'm not denying any roles at all, any casting directors, my super secret 10 year plan. And if this happens, you guys can look back at this podcast and say, Oh my God, he just called his shots. Um, no one's ever played Batman really the right way. That's true. And I, I would, I'd be one of the few actors that would have to get smaller for Batman rather than bulk up for Batman. Uh, but no one's ever played Batman as a detective and as insane because he is insane. Yeah, he's a maniac. He, he, and he's controlled insane. He's OC, he's hyper OCD, you know, got to stick to these rules. But it's there, you know. And they always play him like he's this hero who no, knows better and is tortured by his past. But I've never seen Batman have this edge of like, I cannot break the law and kill you because my body won't let me. Cause I'm crazy. And, uh, that's my super secret goal in 10 years. If I get established enough That'd is awesome. to lose the weight and be Batman. I've dressed, it's on Twitter. You can see me in a Batman outfit. I think it's okay. It's a cheesy Batman outfit. What kind of Batman outfit is it? Blue and gray, all black. What's it look? Oh, all black with the Burton chest. It's a crappy one that I threw together on okay. Halloween. But not, you can see not, it uh, not George Clooney nipples. No. Oh, come on. Get that out of here. What are you what are saying? You, what, are, what are you talking about <laughs> with that talk with those nips? There's been a bunch of great Bruce Waynes, and I, I do see people not being able to accept a kind of ethnically ambiguous Bruce Wayne, so I know my hope to be Batman is kind of slim. So now we're talking about racists and sizists. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I get weird racism because I'm really mostly Irish, but I've got a little teeny tiny bit of Pacific Islander and Native American. So people make these broad assumptions of what race I am. So I get, I get racism that I can't be mad at. I think like, oh, you ambiguous racism. Yeah. Oh, you damn Italian or you damn Mexican. And I'm like, I'm neither of those things, but you're an asshole. What do you want from me? I can't be mad. Um, So yeah, that'll go against me being superheroes later on. But people make the Jason Momoa comparison, which I don't see. And I'm okay. He's Aquaman, so there's a chance. Are you? And that's the that's the dark dark hair and dark yeah. eyes kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. the, the I, I've got some intensity going on here. So that that should work in your favor. Hopefully, we'll see what hopefully. happens. You know, I've gotten John Snow like a giant John Snow, but <laughs> if you look, there is relation possibilities. John so Crow. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, My, everyone. Wouldn't be a justified podcast without some really bad puns. There's I'm going to John groan. There we go. Um, yeah, I have a other super secret plan that if they ever do a damn prequel with Game of Thrones you know, for, you know, Ned Stark's Dunk. brother. No, you, you should be Dunk. You should you should go out for Dunk and Egg, man. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking, um, not Brendan. Who's who's the other brother that gets Benjamin? burnt? Uh, no, by the Mad King. He dies with the dad. Oh, Brandon Better, Stark. It yeah. is Brandon yeah. Stark. Because I, I, I look enough like Jon Snow. Like I've got that dark, weird eyebrow thing going on. And I think you could sell 
Ned as a brother to me, even though Sean Bean's way older now. Um, but he'd be younger. They'd have to recast yeah, him. They'd have to recast people. that. And yep. so any of those I was totally wanting to do. Let's get you uh, on Game of Thrones. Are, are they doing I, I'm asking you guys like, you know, I don't know. Are they doing uh, drink water? Garrus, you know him? Did you read the books? Yeah, the I have. I have not heard anything about that. You know, Garrett, because he's they say explicitly he's tall and darker and kind of white. And he's with all the what's her faces I, for the Martells. He's with the Martells. Well, they are doing uh, Dorn this coming season. Okay, uh, so, so it's possible. So Dorn, Dorn is a thing that's happening. You've got the ethnic ambiguity that you could be uh, you could be Dornish, but there's no. I can't think of any Martells that are relevant. Now, yeah, I, think Quentin, I think Quentin Martell is out of the show. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, am I right about that, Josh? I do. It has not been announced. At least it seems like they're okay. combining uh, some stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I read those books like, okay, who can I be? <laughs> who yeah, can I be of in course. two years? Um, but the, the height is always going to be a factor. And I don't want to be nameless Dothraki gets eaten by dragon. You know? I mean, you wouldn't want to get eaten by a dragon on Game of Thrones. I feel like I would take that job. That's like the most realistic to what my experience in, in <laughs> Westeros or Essos would be. So as a fan, I, or I would be a eunuch. And I don't <laughs> think that I could. I guess I'd be like uh, shitty unsullied. Would probably be my job. That's a cool role, though. You can work with that. Yeah, bad Unsullied. I, I, as a fan, I would want to do it, but as an actor, I'm like, okay, if Justified it stays in its, you know, popularity and Choo Choo is relevant enough, I could probably segue to another guest star somewhere you know, on another kind of show like that. I would love for it to be Game of Thrones or any show. I'm not picky. I like to work. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Battle Creek and the Night Shift. Yeah. What else do you have kind of in the pipeline? Uh, um, Battle Creek and the Night Shift. Perfect. Uh, I have my. I'm not pimping my web series. I obviously didn't come on here to pimp anything. Pimp um, whatever you want. Do whatever yeah. you want. This is this that, is your time. We're winding down, so pimp, pimp whatever you want. Dungeons and shit is our web series. We did. We kickstarted it, but it's it's so hard to go viral. Um, so that's what we were doing. Yeah, without a dress, it's really difficult. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh God, it's still going. What color is it, Duke? Well, oh God, are we so bored as a species that llamas and dresses are what we talk about? If like we it's can the talk end. to the whole this world. is the end. You know, get get your thoughts on the record now while you can, because this is the. En- I'm not saying the end of the podcast, although it's end getting close. World. It's the end of times. Yeah. We're there. We've made it. We, we've arrived, it, and uh, Skynet is here and is wearing a blue and gold dress. It was blue and black, but. Here's the thing. It's like me taking this, this scary baseball here and messing with the lighting. Of course, it's going to look different because lighting is different. Dummies. Yeah, I, uh, I make a lot of hay out of looking different when the lights are off. You'd be surprised. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know so why we're freaking out. It's like there's so many more fascinating things in this world. And we're freaking out about a dress that looks kind of different in lighting. Like, come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so hard to go viral with Dungeons and shit. Hard to go viral. Still love it. If for some reason it had any sort of... We have two SAG actors in that show. Ari Stidham, who's on Scorpion. He's a friend of mine. I've known him forever. He's in it, and I'm in it, and now I'm SAG. Uh, So that's going on. Battle Creek, you'll see me, and you'll go, oh, it's Choo Choo. Oh, he's gone. You know, I'm there for like a few scenes. It's, It's not like a arc. Uh, Night Shift's a cool thing. That's coming up in two months. We're filming that right now. That's why I'm in Albuquerque, home of Breaking Bad. 
Um, yeah, I've got auditions and stuff that I, I'm waiting to hear back on, but really, I'm I'm not working. I have friends think like, you're let's go out and have dudes pay for it. Yeah, uh, people think I'm I've got the bankroll to pay for stuff, but I'm still very much so a hustling working actor. You're waiting for that Batman money. I, yes, I'm going to hold out until I can play Batman. I hear that there's some uh, cash in a pizza place in uh, Harlan County that you could, uh, if you, if could, you could just steal. get inside of there. I saw that fake money, too. I was like... Hmm. Impressive? Mm-hmm. Fat stacks. I saw fake money on the set. It might have been real money. I don't even know. That's, like, that's know. the twist, is that it actually is a bank filled with, with money. Yeah. I actually don't know what's in the... I saw money sitting, so... I'm not spoiling or anything because what if they open it and it's like surprise? It's you know Mags Bennett. Oh my God! Spoiler: Mags alert. Bennett's severed head that's been on yeah. ice, and they just uh, they're trying to fill her up with enough uh, THC so that she can uh, become <laughs> sentient again and reveal where uh, her money truly is because it's not all to Loretta. Exactly. Yeah, that's my theory. So that's the end game of Justified. That is. That's that's my. I'm calling. I'm out. I'm done with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Because you just told me THC makes you more sentient, so I have some appointments I need to make. Well, it's a medicinal property. Got it. Yeah. That's what they say in Harlan County. That's so, true. no, I've, I've got nothing to pimp, but I, more views would always be cool on Dungeons and shit. Cool. Um, and once again, the, the shows that I'm a part of coming up, it's more like, oh, undrafted. I forgot about that. Um, they're coming up, and you'll see me, and Night Shift especially, I, I'm around, and it's a character. But I, I'm not recurring on anything right now. Um, I do have an independent movie that I forgot to mention because it hasn't come out in two years. We shot it almost two years ago, undrafted. That's got Joe Mazzello. He was in Band of Brothers. And, and Justified. Apart. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I texted him. I don't know if he's mad because he got two episodes Unjustified, I think. And I got four. And, yeah, I, like, and then he got bit by a snake. Him. Yeah, I jokingly texted him and... And I don't know if he was mad at me or not. <laughs> I was like, hey, I got four episodes. Isn't that cool? Um, so, But that's got Chase Crawford and Aaron Tavay and Manny Montana and Billy Gardell and Jim Belushi. It's got a bunch of people in it. Nice. What's um, it about? Baseball. It's a day of baseball. I'm out. A kid, yeah, a kid gets undrafted. He doesn't get drafted. Undrafted is not a word. Um he doesn't get drafted, and so he plays kind of like in a summer league with his friends, and we're all crappy, assholey people, but we love him. So it, it was my first thing, and it hasn't come out yet. Who did you play? What was your character? I was a, another lead in it. I was the coach of the team, a New Yorker, yeah, um, who's a, kind of an a-hole and has got a crazy temper. It's comedy. I've been playing a lot of comedy, which I never expected being so mean-looking. Do you like it? I like it because... I think I have a higher chance to book because apparently a lot of big guys don't have comedic timing. You know, they, they just kind of walk in there. Hello, I'm here to do jokes and it's right. just, it doesn't work. So I, I'm lucky that for some reason people believe me when I'm trying to be funny. Um, so I dig it, but I do, I cannot wait to play some sort of character with intelligence so I can have cool moments like when Duffy has. Oh man, he's the best. He, he and I have the same manager, and I didn't know that. You, you and Jared Burns? Yeah, I met him. And I was like, hey, how you doing? And we didn't really talk because we were shooting. And then I realized I could have totally talked to him because we have the same manager. Well, it's not too late. Now you know. I, I can't call. Hey, man, remember me? It's me, Choo Choo. He's like, oh, that's great. I'm not even watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm surfing. 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's a surfer. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's what he said on the show too. And finally, also, I freaked out. By the way, working with Garrett Delahunt, I, I looked up to that dude, and I was it was so crazy to work across from that guy because he's awesome. He's a phenomenal actor. Uh, but he pops up like oh there he is you know in oscar movies he just pops up he was in 12 years a slave out of nowhere that was funny that's what he does he just shows up and nails it and then disappears he's very sneaky (laughs) in deadwood he shows up twice twice yeah somehow he gets two roles in deadwood that's that's fantastic that was great i love that that happened because he's good enough that he can totally just pull that off also can we bring back deadwood is that a thing i i hope so but i feel like it's too late yeah, it's probably just. Like it's I'll, I'll be on Deadwood. Yeah, I'm man. Gonna, I'll play him. Is it Mr. Wu? <laughs> Hang die. <laughs> Hang die. Oh, fucking Wu. Yeah. Switching. Oh, yeah. Switching. Yeah. Switching. Yeah. This is what we've turned into, guys. That's it. That's it. I think that's our cue. I think but that's we our cue hit, here. We've hit almost two hours. Yeah, we did well. We did really well here. Um, all right, Antonio, you got anything else for uh, for our buddy Duke here? No, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I know that the fans of our podcast are going to love this, and I actually reached out to one of our, our great uh, supporters, Brendan Fitzpatrick, right before we recorded, and through our conversation, we hit, I think, a lot of what he wanted to talk about. So I know that this uh, this podcast is going to be right in the sweet spot of, of the fans of not only uh, our podcast, but the show in general. So just thank you so much for your time today, Duke. Really, well, I really you. appreciate it. Yeah, and I really, disagree, I really disagree with an- what Antonio said. <laughs> that I just think that we didn't do such a good job on this one. That's okay. I think just overall. I, I can always come back if I stay relevant. Yeah, you know. man. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if we can finally get it right. You guys are my only Skype contacts, so it's totally Don't possible. add any others, please. <laughs> just let it be us. <laughs> just let it be us. Uh, and, and Apple. Apple's on my contacts. Well, yeah, you kind of have to have them. I don't, No, I don't. No, yeah. no, no. But in seriousness, I, I echo what Antonio said. Thanks so much for, for coming on here. And you've been interacting with us uh, for a few weeks now that we've been doing the podcast. And it's really cool to finally connect and get to talk and pick your brain about not just Choo Choo and Justified, but just TV and storytelling and all this stuff at large. Uh, you're, you're a smarter man than you let on on TV, Duke. Thank you. For, I, tried, I try to get that across a little bit without being... A jerk off. Just so people know. <laughs> Just so people know, like, hey, I don't get cast because I, I can't do math. Um, I, I get cast because I act sometimes. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and you I, acted I real up. good. Thank you. I did a good job. Yeah. You did great. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, well do right. stick around for a second, but we're, we're going to wrap up uh, in terms of the people who are listening to this. Thank you guys all for, for listening in. And Antonio and I will be back in a second here. Definitely, definitely follow Duke on Twitter at Duke Unchained if you guys want to uh, continue to give him your feedback about this podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. There you have it. Duke Davis Roberts in the house. That was ridiculous. That was great. I didn't have any, uh, any kind of clue that our house was big enough for him. But, yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. I'm so glad he stopped in. Being and, uh, sizest again. I don't like I, that. I, listen, I'm really sorry that I'm carrying that through. Is it sizest through. if you and I say it because we're bigger men ourselves? I well, <laughs> we're different think, kinds of. I feel like ours is by choice, yeah, and his yeah. is by gender, or by genetics. So, um, yeah, at least mine's by choice. I like to think that it's not, but yeah, All right. uh, no. So. We we are we made our bed. We're gonna no, yeah, exactly. We're gonna lie in it. We're gonna eat pizzas in it, and we're, and we're gonna, gonna sizest in it. Yeah, we're gonna be sizest in it. But yeah, no, but that yeah, was great. That was great. It's very thankful, uh, Duke, uh, that you came on, and uh, very thankful to you guys for listening uh, to to that conversation. It was very uh, very happy to to talk to somebody kind of at that stage 
stage of their career and and we hope big things are in the future for for our buddy ddr yeah i really hope so too he's a really great actor uh, just to just to hear him as like an intelligent human being with with good thoughts great thoughts and a uh, very creative person uh and to contrast that with choo choo who we loved but you know for other reasons uh it's a it's a testament to the fact that this is a guy who's really thinking about his roles so i'm rooting for the guy uh would love to see uh some ddr batman in the future that would be fun uh and hopefully we'll see ddr on post show recaps again at some point in the future uh, obviously he has a, a great love for all sorts of shows uh we he's our friend now that's official right he's our friend oh definitely we spit in each other's hands or spit in our hands yeah, and shook we hands stopped or... the recording and you and i talked to him individually when we pitched him on our plan to go to upstate new york and uh, no just, oh my gosh why so I keep forgetting that. It's just a, a hole in my game. I'm sorry. Regardless, regardless, uh, we're going to have Duke Davis Roberts uh, around these parts again, I'm sure of it. So one of these days. Uh, I, I hope that's true. But uh, but if not, DDR Batman, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and thank you guys for listening to our regular listeners. I hope you, uh, you enjoyed that. That was something different than what we normally do. And anyone who's new, who just came for the Duke Davis Roberts interview, we hope you stick around. We've been having a really good time talking about Justified all season long. Like we said at the top of the show, we've also done podcasts for each of the five seasons before season six plus even a preview show ahead of that so there's a lot of justified podcasts that you can run through and and kind of catch up on as we're trucking through this final season uh best way to do that is to subscribe postshowrecaps.com slash justified itunes you can also subscribe to our rss feed postshowrecaps.com slash justified uh and other than that i i think we can we can start wrapping this guy up uh antonio you're on twitter follow antonio at ac mazzaro two z's one r i'm at round howard like ron howard but rounder uh hashtag for this episode what is it i don't know are we doing at ddr batman is that what we want to do ddr or Bat- hashtag ddr batman what do you hashtag think ddr batman i'm i'm in favor of that uh i was also thinking hashtag sizest is not bad yeah how would you say how would the s-i-z-e-i-s-t yeah i think you could go there so either one of those if you uh, liked what we did if you got to the end hashtag ddr batman or hashtag sizest is the way to go uh and we'll be back soon with the next episode of justified we'll be recapping uh episode seven of season six we're really we're over halfway through this final season yeah, it's like it's only yesterday that this thing started, but it really isn't. It's several weeks ago. It was many, 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 <laughs> many weeks ago. At this point, I said, Are you crazy? Man, that is just a top-notch A-plus analysis of the calendar. By uh, me right you're there. so good. You're so good at what you do. All right. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Cheers. Hey.